Latinos Out Loud podcast. you guys it is that part of the show here on latinos out loud where we interview someone amazing this is so amazing i am so excited when we have somebody who's like you know a comedy nerd like us so i mean without further ado she's an actress comedian writer please put your hands together for ana la madrid hello so excited to be here with you guys Oh, Frank, my wow. ear. Wow. Frank likes to clap real close to his mic. It's a loud clap, but I appreciate nice. it. But appreciate that's how you it. know he's really excited to see you, though. Yes. I, he's in it. He's in it. All right, let's do it. I don't know about you, Anna, but I, I miss the theater. So Frank's clapping brings me to a nice place. Okay? So yeah. Yes, we all miss the theater. <laughs> okay, yes, female in comedy. We are women. It's Women's History Month. Mm. I just have to say, for the record, Anna and everybody here, and everybody listening, Latinos Out Loud, we're very proud, that rhymed, that all of the guests that we booked for March 2021 identify as female. All female all right. guests this month celebrating mm-hmm. Women's History Month. And we're so oh. excited to have Anna be part of that militia of badass women for this show. Mm. Girl, mm. Thank you. How, how you doing, first of all? <laughs> Welcome to our little show. I'm doing good. You know, it's a little gloomy out here in LA. So it kind of like makes you feel insane. But it's, I'm, you know, mm. I'm here. <laughs> how you how you thrive and how you're surviving? Because you also have live performance at like the crux of your career pre pandemic, right? Yeah, I mean, the shows that we had slated for Iama were canceled. But, um, you know, I I've been staying busy coaching people and teaching classes. And um, I just booked a little recurring on a Hulu pilot. Oh, so I have to go get my COVID test today. Um, uh, I'm very excited. Congrats. Um, So just I'm glad that things are starting to open up, you know, trying to be as safe as possible and, you know, all that good stuff. But like it's the heartbeat of the city to have people working. Mm. Um, And so you also are working on something very unique where you're sharing stories uh, with a partner of yours who we're going to be having as a guest next week, Sheila Carrasco. So tell us, can you please tell us about these upcoming comedic solo plays part of Ayama? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Awesome. You got it right. First try. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Uh, I I listen, people. I listen. So Ayama is a theater company that's based in LA. Um, They've been around for over 10 years and I became a member about two and a half, almost three years ago. Like I said, we had a whole season on stage planned and then COVID happened. So we had to pivot really quickly. We have such a large membership. We're like the labyrinth here in in LA. Like if you want to have like a like an idea of the kind of work that we do, it's that. Um, And so because we have such a big membership, we always pick plays that have a a big ensemble cast or try to at least so we can use all the company members. But with that out of the way, (laughs) we couldn't do that. Um, The artistic director, Stephanie Black, was like, you know, maybe we should consider doing a virtual solo show um, season. 
And she, at that time I was acting as a literary manager for the theater company. And she was like, do you know any like BIPOC artists or people that might have solo shows? And I wrote the solo show or like a 15 minute version of the solo show, the Oxy Complex in grad school. And I jokingly was like, I mean, I wrote something in grad school. It's like 15 minutes though. And she was like, send it to me. And I was like, "Mm, okay. And then she was like, no, you need to expand this. And I was terrified because, you know, it's, vulnerable to start writing. And I don't consider myself a writer like that. I'm, I'm mostly a performer. Um, but I was really grateful that she challenged me to do it because I'm excited to share this with people. So tell us about the Oxy Complex. Could you give us some background? Yeah. This got open up a lot of conversations and I'm very excited to hear this. Okay. So when I wrote the 15 minute piece in grad school, I was exploring this idea because I had just moved from New York. Um, cause I, I was there for about seven or eight years. Um, and you know, right. dating is bananas. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. So I was thinking about how technology is disrupting our biology with online dating and how the the field has become so competitive that women especially feel a pressure, whether we know it or not, to like sleep with guys fairly early in order to keep them interested because we know that the playing field is out here. And if we don't attach them, somebody else might. And so you then oxytocin gets released, which is a bonding hormone that we release. And so I was caught in this vicious cycle of like, oh no, I'm not really dating him. We're just hooking up. Then I catch feelings. Then I'm depressed because he's ghosted me onto the next. Right. Uh, So that was the kind of thing that I was exploring. Like, oh, it's like kind of like you're a drug addict, but it's coming from the inside. Like, how do I get my body to stop producing oxytocin? Um, So that was the initial 15 minute exploration. And then when I shared it with Steph, she was like, you know, I think this could be really important to kind of frame with coronavirus because we're all quarantined. So what happens when that constant exposure to oxytocin gets cut off? And we open up on the 500th day of quarantine, which I never thought we would get to. It was supposed to be fiction, Uh, but now it looks like it might be facts. Um, And we're dealing with someone who hasn't had a single person touch them or hug them. She lives alone for 500 days. And so she's kind of going a little insane. And, um, you know, it's about kind of healing your past and the trauma that you are not really aware that you carry sometimes. And now because we're all quarantining, we're in a collective space of reckoning and you're alone with your thoughts, especially if you're living by yourself. And so what are the things that come up that you're thinking? You know, I was like, oh, I, I made a mistake. I, I, I didn't stand up for myself back then. And how do you reckon with that so that once things open up, you can really be present with someone? Wow. I'm blown away. All in a comedic way. I know it sounds deep, but I will make you laugh. <laughs> I will oh make you Lord. laugh. I promise that. Anna, that's deep. Yeah, because it, it sounded a little like 500 days of bubble. I mean, yes. right? <laughs> and, and but I'm taking you back to like 2015 when I was a hot mess dating, though. So you get yeah. to see that. No. No, this is interesting, though. The way, the way, the way, the, the how you kind of make oxytocin. Am I pronouncing that right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, like how dangerous it could be. It's something that. Well, you know, it gets touted as like 
the love hormone, the cuddle hormone. It's so great. But I'm also, you know, this is for single people. I think for a long time, yeah. and I don't know, Rachel, how you feel about this, but like for a long time, I blamed myself for being single. Like, I guess I'm not good enough or it's really hard out here. Um, but there are factors both chemically within us and outside factors with culture and the paradox of choice and the advent of having too much choice that's actually keeping us from connecting with other people in a way that is long lasting. So it's not Anna, your fault. And I feel you. I'm single just like. Yeah. You. I mean, so you know, I we out here and it's like it's not about me. It's the fact that people are less satisfied when there's more choice. That's a scientific proof so I but i think I, I think it is frank's i think it is frank's fault i mean you know we can all <laughs> and that's another thing though like i'm also asking you i need you to look back to your trauma and your past and how you were brought up and maybe break some of those generational traumas that we carry in order for you to change that history and actually have a healthy relationship because i feel like especially us latinos you know my parents got divorced, you know, every, everyone in my family has been divorced. So we don't really have an example of that in our lives mm -hmm. for a lot of us. And also we don't believe in therapy. So <laughs> I'm yeah. also trying to normalize that. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, deep, yeah. but it's also like, I want to find a way to make you laugh. Cause I feel like when you make somebody laugh for that split second, you disarm them and they're open and yeah. then you can hit mm -hmm. them with truth. Yeah, wow. Yes. Oh, it's so wonderful to take people to that emotional space. That vulnerable <laughs> That's my favorite space. thing. It's something that I miss so much just in doing sketch comedy. We know exactly where we're bringing people as we ascend to that third beat. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then we mm. fuck with you, you know? And then we bring you in and somebody either takes their shirt off or like spills whipped cream on their face or so. It's so amazing. And yeah. I really admire your almost like layered approach to this, this production. It's so deep, as the guy said. And let me just tell you something, guys. Even though I'm married um, for a lot of years, I have two children under five in this household. So being quarantined for almost 500 days, there ain't that much oxytocin up in here either, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm missing that too. Just to say, I relate to you single people out there. I love y'all. We all need oxytocin. I wish we could just like, you know. Rachel looking for oxytocin toasting in a bottle yeah something. exactly i mean they do give it to pregnant women it does a lot of things yeah. it also induces Ooh. labor yes yes, uh -huh. yes and not to be confused with oxycontin you're gonna you're gonna learn some things too you're gonna laugh you're gonna learn you might cry a little i'm gonna Wait, give it to Anna, you all so this this was already a quarantine story before we were no in real it was oh. it was just something about oxy and then okay. when steph was like we need solo shows she was like can you adapt it to what's happening right now and i was like I mean, I guess I can look at it like what if somebody is going through withdrawal? Like if I set up that this is a drug and now we can't see anybody, so we're not getting that supply. What happens to us? It's funny how like you had to kind of adjust it, but it's it's such a nat it's such a like organic adjustment to yeah, what we're going through now that it's great. It ended up being like a perfect thing. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, you know, divine timing. I just feel like everything has kind of conspired to bring me here in this moment with you guys, right? Like, I just can't believe that something that I randomly thought about for 15 minutes now gets to be a full length show. I mean, that's really exciting. Wow. Amazing. Congrats. You mentioned, 
Wait, can I just ask real quick, my bad friend? You said you were out here in New York for a while. Where were yeah. you? Tell oh, girl, I was everywhere. Where were you? I was everywhere. I, when I first moved there, I moved to Brooklyn. I was real fancy because I moved up there with Cartoon Network. Ooh. So I was in Brooklyn Heights, like off Henry Street. It was real cute. Then um, I lived in um, Spaha, as they want to call it, but we all know it's Spanish Harlem, Um, like 119th on the east side. And then I lived in, oh my God, this was terrible. I have one of those rent controlled apartments that you get through um, the Actors Fund. And so I lived on 43rd and 8th. Oh, right there man. in the okay. middle of it. I, Wait, I know down. that building. The Prince, that's like a former hotel. A gorgeous, oh, like marble yeah. floored, like. Yeah, but the apartments are like this. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I only paid like $470 a month. So it like really, oh, yeah, yeah, it really let me like, I worked as a cocktail waitress two nights a week. And then I studied and went to theater and, and did all of that with the rest of my time. So, you know, Amazing. we weren't really in the house a lot uh, when you're like working nights and going to school and auditions during the day. So you just kind of slept there. And yeah. then I lived in, I went back to Brooklyn um, off of Skemahorn. There's like a building there too. And so you were all over. I mean, the city. I was. Rachel's like, where were you? Listen, but you that's, were like, that's another thing you'll know. I like, I move around so much. It's like, girl, stay still. I love your nomadic <laughs> sense of being, and I just want to shout out that that building on Forty Third and Eighth, like, it has a wonderful rehearsal space downstairs. The piano. It's a really nice thing for actors nice. to have that at their disposal to be in the heart of Times Square when the theaters once were lit. You know. Yeah. Oh, you know, I, it was really romantic when I first moved there because I was like, oh my god, I'm right by Broadway, and then, <laughs> and then you live there for six months, and you're like, if this motherfucker doesn't move from my I play, I'm going to go in because it's like everybody is there. And it's like, I can't be on ninth where it's a little chill. No, I got to be right here. Um, So and then there was like a stupid fire uh, truck every morning would come by like Uh, at around 830 a.m. And when I was a cocktail waitress, I would get home four or five o'clock in the morning. And I was like, (laughs) so I was excited when I moved to um, Borham Hill. Wow. And so now you're in, in Cali. Have you like immediately become like when people from New York move to to L.A., it's like, oh, I'm, I'm West Coast now. I'm like, I'm more chill. What are you I'm talking about? Like, I like crystals <laughs> and I speak. <laughs> <laughs> because, I yes, I do. You know what? I'm going to give you some selenite right now. Tiger's eye. Look into it. Um. No, you know, I was I was really grateful. I didn't plan to come to L.A. I um, went to grad school in Seattle. And, you know, when I went to grad school, I was like, I'm coming back to New York. You know, that's my that's my heart. Um, And then halfway through grad school, I was like, fuck theater. You can't make a living with theater. I'm not going to do theater when I graduate. And it was just Mm -hmm. an easier move to go south and to go back east. And, you know, we're at the epicenter of TV and film work here in L.A. And -hmm. then, um, yeah, I didn't book nothing in TV and film. Okay, like. 
crickets, like no callbacks, nothing. But the L.A. theater community was like, come play with us. I was doing shows back to back to back. I um, became a member of I am a theater company. I got nominated for awards. And I'm like, what is this? You know, meanwhile, I couldn't get a TV and film audition to save my life. So I really just kind of focused on theater and then film started to open up. I opened a self-tape business before Corona happened. So I got to learn a lot about how working actors use the camera and it started to help Mm. my auditions. And then I started to book and then COVID happened. So (laughs) now we've pivoted. I've been teaching online classes to actors because now we have to know how to light ourselves, how to edit, how to do all that stuff. So besides acting, I'm also um, launching a platform called The New Triple Threat. And um, Mm. I have a lighting course. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a... like a eight week uh, master self tape Bible kind of course that gives you a lot of tips and tricks about how to approach it. And, you know, I'm really excited because I get to use, you know, what I went to grad school for, as opposed to like being a personal assistant for someone, I get to be a business owner and I'm still, every time I work with a client and I coach them, I'm also just practicing my craft for myself. And it just makes me a better actor and collaborator. That's amazing. And now you can have clients across the country, across the world. I mean, we've had clients in Ireland, like students that are, you know, Skype or Zooming from Ireland, talking to actors in L.A., doing scenes together. It's just so fun. Being that you're an actress and you you coach and you were talking earlier about the quarantine and how it's affected everybody, everyone psychologically. What do you foresee in the future for the business and actors and acting you know, this virtual world that we're living in and everything that we're going through, what do you see in the next five, 10 years? I mean, in terms of like the business, I don't necessarily think that self-tapes are going to go anywhere. I think they're really efficient. I think I think the trend was already happening, which is why I started a self-tape business four years ago. Um, I think it's just made it essential now. Um, and once we do go back in person, it'll probably just be for producer sessions and, you know, network mm. testing, but not necessarily for the open calls. Casting directors can just see so many more tapes versus worrying about slime appointments um the that's great right because we get seen um and now it actually is asking us actors to rise to another level in our craft because you can't be competitive unless you understand camera technique and Mm. when you study theater they don't teach you that and i i didn't know it you know i came out with a $70,000 grad school debt and couldn't get booked on TV and film. So it's, it's stuff that I wouldn't have learned unless I started opening my business. And I was like, Oh wait, he moved this way and it did something to the camera. I didn't understand that. Um, And so now I want to give that to other people, you know, cause we need representation, especially for BIPOC actors. I'm going to give out yearly scholarships to our membership so that they can learn these skills um, wow. because that's just going to lead to better representation in storytellers. You know, a lot of times these producers want to say things like, well, we just couldn't find the right actor or an actor that was trained. So we're going to hire somebody to, you know, do yellow face or, or brown face. You know what I mean? No, you should. We should be able to supply people with the actors that are needed to tell the story. And I just got on my soapbox, but here we are. That's real. You know, like we gotta, we gotta be out here doing our work. 
Anna, so you you did say you eventually kind of turned a, a corner with um with booking roles. Mm-hmm. So what what was the point where you were like that you started kind of getting roles and you were like, oh okay, I f- I'm feeling like I'm 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 getting in a groove now with this. Once you learn the permission that you have as an actor with your auditions, because doing the work is different than auditions, and a lot of the times you go into an audition space and you feel like the the one who's powerless in the room, and you act small because of it, and then you're not really mm. living the moment to moment or the scene. You're kind of like negotiating what's happening in the space. Um, I think once I started to feel a lot more comfortable in my technique and and what I was able to bring, I stopped. Thinking thinking about all of that. And I was able to make choices that actually highlighted what I knew I can do as an actor when I was on stage, because I knew the rules of the stage. I knew how to really let go and be free and be a dynamic performer. So um, I think that was the turnkey. I stopped thinking about what Hollywood needed. And I started thinking about what do I have to have? Why do I have to offer that singular? Mm. That's that's me that I can invite them to, you know, I was told by a a coach here when I first moved to LA that I was never going to work in TV because of my voice. And, um, she was like, go to do animation. I went to grad school for my voice because I was getting a lot of feedback in New York that the way I looked was too strong and that my voice sounded like a baby. And so they didn't know what to do with me. Oh my goodness. You know what I mean? And so, it's it's all of that stuff that we internalize as artists. And then we are. And then every time I went into an audition those first two years, if it was a lawyer, all I could think of, well, my baby voice isn't going to let me play a lawyer. I can't do this. And when you go into the room no, with no, that no. energy, mm. you're not you're not serving the story. So I feel like that's what changed. And, you know, ABC, I got into the ABC Discovers Showcase. And that that was an incredible opportunity. I did that in 2019, right before COVID. Um, And, you know, to have a network kind of give you the green stamp that you're like, it legitimizes you in a lot of ways. And as I was just starting to get more auditions, COVID Mm. happened. But, um, you know, it's, it's just, it was, like I said before, it's just like, I tried for that Discover Showcase for three years. The first two years I would leave, didn't even get a call back. I cried on my way home in the car. I was like, I'm oh throwing this God. shit all away. Oh, <laughs> um, and then the third year I wasn't even oh. going to apply. Cause I'm like, they obviously don't want me. And it's like the first year I went in and I presented what I thought network should be, right? So I wore the little nice dress and I made myself up and I put, and I tried to look perfect. The second time I tried to be what I thought the character on network would be. So then I dressed like the character and I did this. No, the third year I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I wore my yoga jumpsuit. You know, I just kind of like had really fun with the character. I even messed up during the audition. Like I tripped on the chair, but luckily my character was supposed to be like coming home from a yoga retreat in Bali to her uncle's funeral or something. So I was like, oh, I just got out of the plane, you know, and and then that's when you pass. It's when you stop worrying about everybody else and just have fun doing you, you know? Yes. I have a question for you in regards to self-tape. So what are like the maybe top one, two or three common mistakes that you find actors making when submitting their self-tapes? Um, lighting. Um, you know, I think that's why I created the Find My Light course, which is included in the membership. Um, I love that. Find because, 
you know, I think a lot of time people are, um, you know, you get like, just stand in front of a window. You'll be fine. No, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've been getting like two or three auditions, sometimes a day that are due the next day. So tell me when I'm going to find the exact right lighting. You know, as you're doing your work, the lighting will have shifted and then your cameras are not designed really well to like self. I mean, they're always self-adjusting. So your tapes look different and the quality. So like lighting actually helps the viewer pay attention to what's in the frame. And so you have to really light yourself so that you pop out of the frame. And so that's one of the things that I think. Um, A lot of the times, if you have a really bad reader, it can mess up your audition. And we've interviewed casting directors that have said, you know, sometimes I won't hire an actor because their, their reader messed up their tape. Wow. Especially with comedy, because as you guys know, comedy requires a certain kind of rhythm. And if you have a reader who is slowing the momentum or can't set you up for the turn, you can't, you're not showing to the producers and the directors that you know how to execute comedy rhythm. And it's not your fault. It's your reader's fault. Mm -hmm. So getting a really good reader is another important tip that I talk to my students about and my clients. And, you know, making sure that you always have an arc in your scene and that you're creating the environment. So how do you use the frame to tell that story? Wow. Mm -hmm. I know. Y'all want to join the new triple threat? (laughs) Newtriplethreat.com. Let them know. Three of us and the triple threat. (laughs) Right? Because before it was like singing, dancing, acting. Now you got to know your business. You got to know the tech and you got to know your craft. Like, before actors like Leonardo DiCaprio could learn all that stuff on set, right? Like he could make those mistakes. Now things are moving so fast. Money is such an issue. You know, when you're a co-star, the director is not talking to you. They're like, here's your line. Make sure you cross here, blah, blah, blah. And then they leave you alone and you're standing there like, what? (laughs) (laughs) So you got to know like what Um, hitting your mark mean. How do you make it an emotional cross versus the director told you to go there? So how do you as an actor do all those things and they don't teach you that. So that's what I want to get out to people. Wow. I love the Anna, you're giving everybody pearls. And I yeah. am. Pearls I listen, especially if you have a lot of Latino listeners who are actors, like I want y'all to rise. When when you rise, we all rise. Hey. For sure. Like, all right. That's what we do. And coming from somebody like you is real. It's like it's it's like authentic. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you might find someone who just kind of seems just like, hey, I'm gonna show you how to get your lighting down. <laughs> and it just seems like somebody. It seems like a say like what? I don't trust. This. No, and you this know, let really me know trust, what I go trust through. me. Like I've been, I sat through so many things, and I'm like, these people are just taking people's money, and they're not really giving them like technical like. I I've always been a tech nerd. So Rachel, that's when you were like, we're nerds. I'm like, uh, then I'm in good company. So like I've always, I, I, I teach you about lighting temperature. I teach you about how to hack your phone. Uh, So it functions like a DLSR. I, you know, but I make it accessible because I know that a lot of actors kind of are scared of tech. Um, and, and, and I want you to not be scared of tech to actually embrace tech because it's part of your work. 
It's incredible. Wow. I we're just we are we're experiencing such a shift and like you mentioned before Anna we sort of started to see the self tape wave coming and I remember talking to other actors it was always split I was I would always be curious like do you prefer the in person or the self tape and it was always a sort of a 50/50 split how, how do you feel about that do you prefer You know this? here's what I'm going to say <laughs> Right before COVID, I was this close to asking my manager and my agent, can I just submit self-tapes? Like, come up with any fucking story. Tell, I'm sorry, I'm cursing. But I'm like, it's all good. I was like, tell them that I'm on set somewhere. I'm out of town. Because what I didn't, I didn't love as an actor was going into different casting director rooms and having to self-diagnose in that moment. Well, shit, I practiced my scene with my reader here. And now they've decided to sit over there. And so you're kind Mm. of diagnosed saying like, where's my eyeline? I have three people. Who's it going to be? What are the points that I'm going to see? You're not in the scene. Mm. I don't feel comfortable. You don't get time to like warm up and at least like settle into the room before you're asked to perform. And I would always leave there so frustrated because I was like, I know I can do this job, but this experience of auditioning is trash and I'm, I'm not thriving in it. So, um, let me tell you that as soon as I was able to just submit self tapes, I've been pinned more than I've ever been. I've booked already three little small co-star roles, you know, like on a couple of shows. And now I booked a small recurring show uh, on a Hulu pilot. So like, I know that what I'm teaching works because I'm doing it. Um, Mm. And it's stuff that a lot of times, you know, a lot of actors are investing a lot of money with acting teachers who have never stepped a foot on set. Or it's been 20 years since they've been on set. So they don't really understand the trends that are happening right now. So we're providing you like on the ground experience. I'm I'm in these trenches with them, you know, like I'm trying to get my series series regular, you know, (laughs) like, that's but you know, this is, and uh, to bring it back to the show, right? Because it all comes 360 in terms of like the kind of empowered artists that I want to join our community and what we're trying to give them is when I approached this opportunity to write a solo show, it was supposed to be a theater thing, right? Like they wanted a very technical, like, oh, lights up, light down. We'll just do a three camera setup and record. And I was like, we, you can't ever recreate theater experience on screen. It just doesn't happen, right? There's something so magical and visceral about sharing space with somebody. So I really wanted to lean into the tech and like create a hybrid story. So I'm like, how do I acknowledge the fact that we are watching this in a screen and then make it theatrical? So um, I played around with adding transitions and adding text bubbles because, you know, it's, it is about online dating to some extent. And how do I create a a visual language that feels theatrical, but understands the form that we're in. And I couldn't have done any of that if I hadn't been doing my self-tape business for four years and have had an experience now to like really develop a director's eye of like, how can I use the frame to enhance a moment that I was able to like talk to my director and be like really clear about what I wanted on the screen, you know? And it's like, I'm so, it was the best thing that I did was to open a business that didn't put me in the center of performing it because it opened me up to learn so much. Wow. It's amazing. Anna, please tell all of our listeners how they could learn more about your self-tape business and the online solo play, please. 
Um, you can find the solo show, The Oxy Complex. It premieres March 21st through, through April 18th. And so how it works is um, you go to either iamatheater.com or you can go to my website, anna2ns-lamadrid.com. You can buy your tickets there too, but um, you get a week pass. So you can watch it once like anytime during the week on your own time. Um, and it runs for four weeks. If you are interested in leveling up your actor game it's not just self-tapes we are really working on creating a holistic platform for actor training so at some point i want to bring um, a budgeting person to help people develop actor budgets um you know just all kinds of things so just mm -hmm. know that it's more than just you're going to make a great self-tape it's like how do you build a career um and that's the new triple threat.com um, and we have different levels of member tiers and you can get access to our entire library for as little as $57 a month. Wow. So that's Great. less than somebody paying three fifty dollars for an audition class, which a lot of us have done out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Out there, out here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going there. to be doing a scholarship for uh, three BIPOC actors and it's going to be run through our Instagram in the next couple of weeks. So if, if actors are out there who are BIPOC identified and want to get access to our free year membership, come follow us on Instagram because that's where we'll, we'll do the giveaway. Amazing. And where can they follow you? What's the handle? At put me on self tape. Yes, you guys put your hands together for Ana La Madrid. Oh my God, the triple cut herself, Renaissance woman. <laughs> my goodness. Thank you. I, make you laugh? Yeah. I hope I made you guys laugh. Will you check out the show? Yes, that absolutely. Yes. This sounds like yeah. such Definitely. an experience. And <laughs> lo I love what you're doing, girl, and giving back Thank at you. the same time and moving our people forward. That's what we're about here, too. We're about that life. Yes. Anna, thank you, and congrats, and to much more success. Thank Maybe you. Yes. And thanks for coming on the show. Gracias. Gracias. Thank you, Anna. Ciao.